cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Raj Grover, founder and CEO of High Tide. Raj, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Brian, Kellen, thank you for having me. I'm doing fabulous. So I guess my first question to you is, why cannabis? And early on, was there hesitations kind of getting into the space? No, um, cannabis just happened to be a fortunate accident for me. So I was in the fashion accessories industry and I was shopping for body jewelry in India. And I've, I've spoken about it in multiple interviews that I stumbled across consumption accessories by having a good eye in business in general on designs on margin, et cetera. You know, I kept on top of what was happening uh, back home in Canada in terms of consumption accessories, although I was never a user at that time. But I knew the margins that were involved in the business. So I took a little bit of gamble and bought $10,000 of consumption accessories in New Delhi, shipped it to Canada by DHL. By the time I got home, those accessories were already there, sold it within a week. And I said, I can do this rinse and repeat again. So, you know, and then I found myself opening up a consumption accessory store, Smoker's Corner. And again, you know, I, I checked out two competitors at that time. And, and I just thought that they were, you know, lukewarm in their representation of what they were trying to do. And not being a cannabis guy, I thought it was very refreshing for the industry. Um, so, you know, this is that's how I got into cannabis and uh, quickly grew that company into 19 stores at its peak uh, until 2017. And then decided to take the company public on the CSC and, and that company's high tide today. Just for our listeners that may be unfamiliar with high tide a little specifically, because one of the things that I was really fascinated by was the diversification of the revenue stream. So can you give us kind of like an overall view of how the revenue streams work, and then kind of we'll, we'll move into the ecosystem model and how it all kind of feeds itself. Sure. So again, we are a strategic company that's always planning, uh, you know, where we are going, where which innings are we in, feeling the pulse of the moment. So, you know, back when we, we found out that Ontario was initially going to be a lottery, Ontario, which is the largest province here in Canada, was initially going to be a lottery system. And then when the regs came out in more in detail, there was no distance requirement between cannabis stores. You could practically locate next door to a cannabis shop or across from each other. And, you know, we knew being a public company and having access to capital, well, that's great. You know, you can be the last man standing if you run your business really well, which is exactly what is happening today. But we saw it coming early. We're like, if there's a cannabis store here, there's a cannabis store here. This is not, you know, the opportunity we all thought it was going to be like you see in the medically legal states or recreationally legal states in the U.S., where dispensaries are few and far between. There's not one across from each other, for sure. We know that. So, you know, we knew that that this is going to disturb the landscape a little bit. And what we did was, you know, right from inception, when these rules were just being talked about and, and they were about to come into play, you know, I acquired a company called Brassity.com uh, out of Netherlands, uh, which is an e-commerce platform, world's oldest online platform selling consumption accessories. It was formed in 2000. Super proud and super excited to have this platform. You know, it gets about 24 to 26 million site visits annually. So a lot of cannabis customer traffic, uh, which we are intending to use uh, in the future in the United States for TNC sales, uh, which we can also discuss. But because we had that, and we had that because we were also manufacturers and, and distributors of consumption accessories. So having your own retail making it in, you know, contracted factories in China, Indonesia, and Thailand, and bringing them into Canada, 
you know, we wanted to expand that opportunity. We wanted to leverage that base further, that manufacturing base that we had. So we decided to do more M&A because that turned out to be really good. You know, Grass City was a customer of ours, buying wholesale products for us. And we have the Rolodex in the U.S. We know everybody selling consumption accessories, selling, you know, cleaning products, selling grow products, hydroponics, you name it, right? So we wanted to leverage that part and say, while Canada is going to be tough for the next two to three to five years, we got extra margin here, which we can, we can you know, use right now. So I want to stay on Cabana Elite. Take us through what that is and how it brings to the market. Sure. So Elite is the, um, you know, part of Cabana Club, of course. And Cabana Club is the largest brick and mortar loyalty program in the country. We have close to, like I said, 950, 960,000 Cabana Club members in our program. Elite was uh, uh, the first of its kind paid membership program in cannabis. So think Costco, right? You know how Costco has their executive membership and their basic membership. Cabana Elite is very similar. We only have one type of membership, which is called Elite. We charge $30 a year at the moment. The, the actual price of the program is $60. But because we live in inflationary times, we wanted to show our love to our customers. And uh, you know, showed them an easy way to to get into the elite membership, and we have started signing our uh, customers into elite. We have six thousand plus members as of last reported quarter. I'm happy to share those numbers again in a few days uh, or in a couple of weeks when we when we report our next quarter. And elite offers a lot of amazing benefits to our customers, like even more deeper discounts on cannabis products, consumption accessories, CBD products, elite flash sales, uh, limited edition and exclusive elite products, including cutting edge consumption accessories. So you know, autographed by uh, a celebrity where applicable, where we can. That's the kind of stuff we want to offer to our customers, of course, being within the regulations in Canada. In 2022, buying versus building. Talk about the the differences in, in making those decisions and what component was most critical in selecting whether or not to, to buy an acquisition or to build a facility. So just to clarify, because we're retailers, Brian, we're not building huge facilities, right? We're not building 20, 30, $40 million facilities. We're building a uh, an ideal square footage for me is 1,500 square feet store. The most important point is that, that it has to be the best location I can get my hands on. You know, So we are very proud of the real estate that we have in our portfolio and how we choose our locations, at least the ones that we've chosen ourselves, whether through acquisitions or, or whether through build-out of the stores, uh, organic build-out of the stores. You know, uh, Brian, typically a store costs me between three hundred and well, three hundred thousand dollars to build, and we brought that cost down now a little bit. Another hundred thousand dollars or so in working capital for a fifteen hundred square feet store. So the equation always is, what is the payout time of this location, right? Like you don't get, you don't become EBITDA positive in a location or start generating cash from day one. What is one concept about operating the cannabis industry that would surprise or shock others? You know, operating in the cannabis industry, just the regulatory nature of the industry on how much red tape, on how many regulations that we have to deal with, which varies by the different provinces here in Canada, just like you guys have in the United States right now, state by state. That's what we deal with in Canada. And, you know, it can become really difficult for smaller companies to, to navigate these challenges. Are there any assets, efforts, or strategies you wish more people paid attention to? For example, is there an area that your team is excelling that you wish investors paid more attention to? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you if you look at what we've done in uh, in Canada, Brian, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, you know, you you don't have to take my word for it. You just have to see our hyper growth, what we've been able to accomplish in an absolutely depressed cannabis landscape. There's CCAA protections and bankruptcy proceedings happening left, right, and center. And amongst them, there's a company called High Tide that is cruising in a different lane altogether, right? 
but we are not getting any love for it. We created a retail concept out of necessity and very intelligent concept to differentiate ourselves from everybody else in the country. No other cannabis player has that concept. And even if they did, they don't have the ecosystem to support that concept. Again, it's not a strict price war or a discount war. It's a lot more than that. When you started your journey in the cannabis space, what did you get right? And most importantly, what did you get wrong? You know, we've got a lot of rights, uh, Brian. This is a result of why we are here today. You know, you can accumulate that type of revenue, build a 1,500-member strong team, have 150 locations in the country, build a diversified cannabis ecosystem. Uh, we've got a lot of things right, right? And what I would say, you know, it's hard to think what we've got absolutely wrong, but, you know, I am not perfect. We are not perfect as a team. We have lots of room to improve and we'll continue improving. You could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation, what would it be? You know, uh, one of the lessons that I can talk about going to the next generation uh, or, you know, the next gen, whoever's listening here would be when you think nothing can go wrong, think again. All right. Prediction time. Raj, five years from now, what does the ecosystem model look like? And what, if any, areas of business could potentially need to be spun off? Great question. So I think five years from now, I would like to be a top global retail operator of cannabis. Uh, you know, I, I think I've reiterated it too many times, our ambition to be a top five player in the U.S., but that goes globally, Brian. So if Germany opens up, we're there. Uh, of course, the opportunities have to be lucrative and have, have to make sense for our shareholders. So we will uh, evaluate every opportunity independently. But like I said, 87% of our business is the dispensary business or the brick and mortar retail cannabis business. So, you know, we are going to remain focused there. And uh, the point is to be, we can have 150 stores in Canada. Yes, we can have a thousand stores in the United States when, when the time and the opportunity comes. Yes, we can have two, 300 stores in Germany. And that's just that. And then what's stopping us from becoming a retail giant in cannabis, right? That's the ambition. You know, that's what we live with uh, in our company. So Raj, for our listeners, they want to get in touch. They want to learn more and they want to buy high tide stock. Where can they find you? Well, they can, uh, our, our symbol is H-I-T-I. We trade on the NASDAQ uh, under the symbol H-I-T-I, also the Toronto Stock Exchange Venture, same symbol. Frankfurt Stock Exchange, if our German friends want to look uh, look into us uh, or our European friends, I believe it's 2L by Awesome. We'll link it up in the show notes. Thanks for taking the time. This was fun. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Kellen. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.